right, and welcome to Fast Break Breakfast NBA Podcast. My name is Keith, here alone for a solo interview episode. John and Chuck will be back early next week for the full episode. You don't get enough John and Chuck in your lives. Well, you know what they say about that. You got to go to Patreon, patreon.com slash breakfast. Not only is there more content there, there's the option to sign up for the Slack chat, the $3 a month Slack chat where you can talk to John and Chuck around the clock to your heart's content or until they stop replying to you. Either way, it helps the program. So if you want to do that and support the show, go to patreon.com slash breakfast. We're also having a lot of fun playing in our fantasy leagues over at fantrax.com with those supporters if you want to get first in line to make sure you don't miss out on next year's international stackhouse of pancakes negative fantasy league for pride and glory maybe go ahead and sign up you'll be sure to get in i think we had 25 teams or something this year uh only six make the playoffs it's tough you gotta win the regular season like college football used to be the regular season matters anyway the consolation bracket will also be insane we're having a lot of fun over at fantrax.com doing that and obviously, if you missed out this year, you can still play daily fantasy basketball against me and John. Uh, we're both on the Draft app. You can download that at draft.com slash fast break. It's become a daily part of my basketball viewing is doing one of those drafts. You know, more than one, honestly. Uh, several drafts every night for like $1, maybe $3, and playing fantasy basketball against just our listeners. You're not playing against strangers if you don't want to. You're not playing against pros because it isn't worth their time because they can't enter multiple lineups over and over and over. you got to do a fantasy draft every single time. It's super fun way to play daily fantasy basketball. Completely legal. You can pay with your credit card or PayPal. If you use our code FASTBREAK or if you go through that draft.com slash FASTBREAK URL, we get a little piece of that. You get a free $3 entry into a money game so it's a lot of fun follow me my username is fast break breakfast if you follow me then uh i can follow you and let you in on our listener games i just uh create those drafts so we can play together so again the draft app i love it super fun draft.com slash fast break use the code fast break My guest today is a featured columnist for FanRag Sports and is the host of Talk Hoops, a podcast on the Leverage the Chat network and a return guest, Zach Harper. How are you? Oh, man. It's All-Star Weekend. I am, uh, I am shirking all responsibilities. I feel great. That's awesome. Uh, are you wearing any big baller items to All-Star Weekend? Not yet, but I'm I'm not ruling it out. Come in the mail yet? You still waiting? No, or still waiting on those <laughs> shoes? Still waiting on those slides? Still waiting on the hat? <laughs> uh, it's too bad. Uh, before we get into All Star Weekend, and even before we get into your breakfast, uh, tell our listeners about your podcast. Cause it, it is relatively new, even though you are an old head at the podcast game. It's still kind of relatively new. So tell people about that. Uh, yeah, it's a lot like uh, if anyone listened to the Ion Basketball podcast back when I worked for CBS, it's a lot like that, um, except this one, instead of five days a week, is three days a week, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Every Monday, we try to do what we call a Snark Hoops episode, which is myself and uh, Utah Jazz social media manager, Angie Treasure. Uh, we basically just 
you know, talk a little bit of basketball and then answer Twitter questions for the rest of the time that usually don't have anything to do with basketball. And then, you know, Wednesday, Friday, try to have some guests and uh, just talk some hoops like the name and like the Twitter handle. Exactly. I definitely uh, highly recommend it. So check that out. If you like our stuff, I'm sure if you're not familiar with Zach's work, go check it out and you probably will like it as well. All right. All-Star Weekend's coming up. Do you have any big breakfast plans? Oh, yes. Uh, so I've got a lot of friends in town from uh, from around the league, and that means I get an excuse to take them all to Sidecar Donuts, Ooh. which is my favorite donuts place in the world. Um, it is uh, just an unbelievable experience. If you come to L.A., you've got to go to Sidecar Donuts. It's in Santa Monica. Um, it is uh, J.J. Reddick approved. JJ Reddick, it's I think it's I think it's his favorite donut. Um, All right, or it, maybe it's his favorite LA donut, but it is fantastic. Sounds like the favorite donut spot of podcasters everywhere. It might be. I mean, I, I haven't I haven't brought one person to this place and and they've said like, oh, this is terrible, or oh, this is overrated, or any of that. Uh, Nick Friedel loves it. All right, Angie Treasure loves it. All uh, right, it's, it's a great time. It's not one of those overhyped places, is it? This isn't a voodoo donut situation. Are we talking no, about? No, no, no. These are like these are not uh, not like crazy donut designs. They're just more, I guess, artisanal. I got which you. I don't I don't fully know what that word means. Uh, artisanal donuts. I've actually been talking about them recently on our show. I'm a very into sweet treats. Nashville mm. has gotten carried away with like the five dollar donut, uh, and they're incredible. I don't know what. Uh, the price ratio to LA, the expensive LA. Yeah, how much? How much s- will a donut set you back in sidecar? I want to say like somewhere in the three to four dollar range. Okay. Yeah, it's not out of control, but it's but it's also a fantastic donut. So I usually go with. Um, I always get they have they rotate some flavors in and out, but I always get a salt and butter or Ooh, butter and salt donut. Nice. They call it, which is just a great treat. And then I always get the huckleberry donut. Okay. Which is like a cake donut with just like this amazing huckleberry glaze over the top. And so those are the two I say you must try. And then they, and then any of the other ones outside of that are great. That sounds incredible. I haven't been to LA in like 18 years. So I definitely need to uh, get back there. You should come just for the sidecar donuts. And then anything else you do in LA will just be <laughs> icing on the cake. That's great. I'm definitely jealous of you being able, and all the other people I know who are in LA, like the All-Star game is coming to you. That's incredible. Uh, besides getting donuts, what are you looking forward to the most for this All-Star weekend? Uh, I'm, a, I'm a dunk contest guy. I know that's not always a popular opinion, and a lot of people don't like it, or a lot of people say it's dead or whatever. I think the dunk contest is great. I think it's usually good. Sometimes it's amazing. Sometimes it sucks. But for the most part, I think we have more good ones than bad ones. And I'm I'm always excited for a dunk contest. What is the what is like the standard bearer for the worst dunk contests in your mind? Oh, um, I mean, the ones that Nate Robinson won were not good, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, he had some good moments in there. Like Andre Iguodala was fantastic in one. J.R. Smith was fantastic in one. Like we we've had some good moments in those dunk contests, but Nate Robinson winning usually ruined it for me. Uh, last year's was terrible. Last year's yeah. they just didn't get the right dunkers in, and you know, no offense to Glenn Robinson the third, but he basically won by default. Yeah, uh, he was one of the guys who I forgot won a dunk contest and it was right. you know a year ago i was i was recently talking about dunk contests and i was noticing how little i remembered of the last 10 years of dunk contests like i don't even remember like i don't know like i didn't remember mason plumley being involved like all the all these different things i guess right. I, yeah he I, was, I, I blocked him out in the brooklyn um <laughs> yeah last year who were the con- we had deandre jordan we had aaron gordon well, aaron gordon and they did, yeah they didn't even make the finals yeah 
They were like Aaron Gordon did that horrible drone dunk that didn't work. Uh, we had Derek Jones Jr. and Glenn Robinson III in the finals, which I don't think you need star power necessarily, but you just need the dunks to work, and they yeah. didn't work. I definitely, I've said before, he should have dunked that drone. When the, when, the, when the drone let go of the ball, incredible disappointment. I thought at the very least he was going to grab the ball from the drone. Yeah, that was... Uh, yeah, if anything, you should have just had someone flying the drone around the rim, just kind of like randomly, and then he's got to go up there and grab the drone and dunk it. All right, so even though you are a connoisseur of dunk contests and you like it more than maybe even most people, are there still any changes you would like to see or something permanent that you think can make it always be, I don't know, must-watch as opposed to the what I consider to be, which is a perpetual letdown? Um, well, so, so here's what i say about that. Two years ago, we had the greatest one ever. Like, it's not... We haven't had, like... It hasn't been that long since we had a great one. We had the best one ever in 2016 in Toronto. So I think that... I think people... Just assume it's always going to be bad, but I think they're they're good more often than not. I don't think we need gimmicks. I don't think we need um, – I don't mind props. I think props are fine, but we don't need the gimmick like the dunk wheel. We don't need gimmicks like fans oh, voting yeah. for winners oh, and yeah. things like that. We don't need any of that stuff. Just go get four great dunkers and let them go at it and let them be creative. Uh, don't don't shackle them to be like, oh, well, you have to use a teammate on this one. Let, let them go do whatever they want, whatever they're creative with. Because this – and now I'm really nerding out about the dunk contest. But what's happened lately since Zach Levine kind of took things over in 2015 and brought it back, what's happened lately is if anyone's heard of Team Flight Brothers, Team Flight Brothers is this like just group of unbelievable world-class dunkers. And they have done so many creative things with dunking. And so now these guys, these team flight brothers guys are consulting the dunk contest contestants. Ooh. Like one of them is working with, uh, one of them is working with Donovan Mitchell this year. Uh, when Aaron Gordon went off against Zach Levine in the, in the best one ever, one of those guys was working with Aaron Gordon that year. And so they're helping them come up with the creative ways to use their athleticism. So I actually think it's going to get better as long as we continue to have the good dunkers in it. Unfortunately this year, We've got Victor Oladipo in it. Now, it just sounds like I'm <laughs> crapping all over uh, Indiana Pacers who are in the dunk contest, and I don't mean to do that. But Vic Oladipo was bad in 2015, and he yeah. made the finals by default. We don't need guys like Vic Oladipo. We need guys like Terrence Ferguson, Jalen Brown, Derek Jones Jr. back in. Like We've got two great dunkers this time in Dennis Smith Jr. and Donovan Mitchell. Anything outside of that will be just kind of gravy. Yeah, I'm really excited about Dennis Smith Jr. It, it worked out perfectly with Aaron Gordon being a little dinged up that they, they made right the right. error of leaving off Donovan Mitchell. Yeah. So I'm looking forward to that. Donovan Mitchell, though, moving into away from the All-Star game, I feel like this dunk contest, could it be perhaps like his national coming out? Could this be, I don't want to say his Michael Jordan rookie year dunk contest, but right. could this be his moment to enter the national stage, like, like a big breakout? Absolutely, because he you know, obviously plays in a very small market in Utah. They're getting buzzed lately because they're on an 11-game win streak, and they've, they've fixed things since Rudy Gobert came back from injury. But, um, but yeah, like I mean, he's, there's buzz about him in the NBA world, but not on a national level as much as there should be because he's really incredible. Like, uh, unfortunately, the Rookie of the Year contest turns into just one side dismissing the other side. We have two phenomenal rookies in Ben Simmons and Donovan Mitchell. And they're both deserving of Rookie of the Year. Ben Simmons obviously has more notoriety right now, but Donovan Mitchell deserves just as much. Like he is a star in the making. So uh, already, when uh, when Donovan Mitchell wins the dunk contest on Saturday, 
Can you convince me that he is not the next Michael Jordan? I'm going, I'm going deep. I'm going far. I am blown I mean, away by Donovan Mitchell. Tell me worst, why he worst, isn't the next Michael Jordan. Worst case scenario, he's the next Dwayne Wade. That's amazing. Yeah, I think, I think you're you right. Know? Yeah. I, I mean, it, like, maybe that seems crazy to say, uh, but we're, like, I just think he's that type of player. Like, I don't, I get the, like, I think the thing that gives me a little bit of pause is, I was so sure that Tyreek Evans was the next great player because his <laughs> rookie year was so good. And I, and like, it was also the first year I ever was credentialed for a team. Uh huh. And so I was covering the Kings. I saw him every night. He was putting up a, he like did 25 and five, which is kind of meaningless, but only three other rookies had ever done it. And it was LeBron, Oscar Robertson, Michael Jordan. Now I didn't think he was going to be as good as those guys, but I really thought like Tyreek Evans was a franchise guy um, because I got caught up in covering him so closely. So that, that gives me a little bit of pause in, in Donovan Mitchell. And just like, am I over, am I overvaluing what he's doing as a rookie? I don't think so though, because there is a much more team dynamic to the way he attacks. And he is, I mean, he's just spectacular. I like how you're not going to get too carried away, but you're setting, I'm his, just going to say you're setting his minimum floor minimum fifth greatest shooting guard of all time. Like that's minimum, <laughs> minimum, you know, three time champion, right? Hall of fame shooting guard. Well, so I'm I'm blown away by the Utah Jazz right now. They're a team in the offseason I thought actually would be pretty good. I was one person trumpeting, like, I think the Jazz are going to be better than we think. And then they were bad. Like, they fell apart. Obviously, Gobert got hurt. But even when Gobert was playing, they were, they were getting trucked every now and then. And I was like, this is not looking very good. But now they turned it around. They're on this incredible win streak. They have those awesome city jerseys. How how are the Jazz doing this? Like, one, how are they scoring so much with these weird lineups that you wouldn't think w- would be able to score? Yeah, I mean they they're really well coached. You know, Quinn Snyder's an awesome coach, and um and they have a system and they have an identity. I was with you. I I before the season, I think I picked them for the eight seed, or I maybe picked them to just miss the playoffs. I can't remember what I did, but um but I had them up there because even though they lost Gordon Hayward and they lost George Hill, and that you know there were such dramatic changes, they still had their identity. Their identity has always been a defensive team, and they still had good veterans. And so I just I just thought that. If uh, like the problem for rebuilding teams is they they're not only just like or retooling teams, however we want to classify them, they're not just uh, they're not just trying to find stars again. They're, most teams are usually trying to find an identity, and the Jazz didn't have to search for that. They already knew like we make our we make our money on defense, and so as long as Rudy Gobert's healthy, they're going to be fine. Well, then Rudy Gobert wasn't healthy, and they and they looked really bad for for a while. Uh, in kind of a brutal stretch for their schedule too. And this, the schedule softened up a little bit. Rudy Gobert got healthy. Donovan Mitchell got more comfortable. Joe Ingles started hitting threes again. Um, they just have guys who know how to play within the system and they're so well coached. And I'm, I'm actually surprised. Like I didn't think they would be even at their peak in the season. I didn't think they would be this good offensively. And they just, that system works. Well, it's crazy that even when, again, even when Gobert was healthy early in the season, they looked lost when Ricky Rubio was out there. Like, Ricky Rubio was being terrible. Everyone was kind of like, I feel like all of whatever, hipster internet, NBA, Twitter, who loved Rubio was like, oh, maybe we were wrong. Maybe he's a very limited point guard. I knew I was never wrong about him. (laughs) Never. I will never give up my love for Ricky Rubio. But then, yeah, so so Rubio played incredibly on this streak, and then he set out the last couple games. They're they're still scoring 65 points every half, it feels like, with with Royce O'Neal out there. Uh, And then Joe Ingles, when we talked last year, we were kind of we kind of hinted that we thought Joe Ingles was a prime candidate even though we really liked him that he would end up being overpaid and he yeah. signed a huge contract 
I think I nailed that. I think I said he was going to sign a four-year, $50 million contract. I think he did like 452. Yeah. That was one of the few things I've ever been right about. <laughs> I, I nailed that one. Yeah, but in, in, in even this, again, we're at the crest, the apex of this winning streak. And Ingles is what? He's like over 60% true shooting. He's scoring, you know, hitting every shot. He's making crazy old man moves, like underhand scoop shots that he's like floating over shot blockers. I'm just carried away. Uh how much of this Joe Ingles performance, like when he falls back to earth, uh, where do the jazz end up? Like, like wh- when the jazz level off Joe Ingles included, like how good are they going to be rest of the year? Do you think? Uh, I think they will be the seven or eight seed. I really like, I'm not, I don't think there's a, as long as they're healthy, I don't think there's a question. They make the playoffs. Yeah. As good as Denver can be as good as the Clippers have played since the, since the Blake Griffin trade, um, new Orleans can, is surviving, but I think the jazz are in. Uh, as long as they don't have another major injury, because that was the thing. Like Rubio went through this last year when he started out under under Thibodeau, where he was just bad. Like, he, and part of that was he had an elbow injury to start the season, so that that affected him. But um, but he just struggled to adapt to this new system. And then about halfway through the year, or maybe like mid December, uh, he just got comfortable and he figured it out. And he figured out how to play within the system and maximize his efforts. And he was really good the rest of the year. Not really with the injury this year, but he just he didn't know how to play because Quinn Snyder's system takes the ball out of his point guard's hands. It puts it back in at certain points in the offense, but like it's not just like, hey, go run and pick and roll and make something happen. That's not really what 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 happens with the point guard position. So Rubio had to adjust to it. He did adjust to it and and in the process of him being bad and now him being a little injured, um, it's forced Donovan Mitchell to be a playmaker more often, and he's he's getting really comfortable in that role. Another playoff team in the West that you're a you're, you're a fan of. You're also you've, you've been close to the Jazz, but you're a fan of the Timberwolves. They uh, they're kind of hitting a hiccup where their their defense has fallen off a cliff again. It seemed like maybe they they'd kind of rallied a little bit. Their offense is still really good. What, what's going on with Minnesota and their uh, inability to stop anybody? Uh, we're gonna find out uh, Thursday night um, just how serious of a defensive problem they have. Cause they host the, they host the Lakers on flip Saunders night. They're having a great ceremony to, uh, celebrate the life of flip Saunders. And if this team doesn't come out and destroy the Lakers and like stifle them, uh, defensively and everything, uh, then I really think there's a big problem defensively. Um, there, there's been a problem defensively. like the last 15 games they're I think they're 29th in defense in the NBA. I mean, they've been, they had figured it out in mid-December through about uh, mid mid to late January, um, and then it just fell off a cliff, like just completely fell off a cliff for them defensively. Offensively, they still score, and as long as they don't face the Rockets or the Warriors, their offense can keep up with just about anybody, um, even though they don't shoot a lot of threes. But yeah, the, defensively, like really the only uh, – Cat's been, Cat's been okay during this bad stretch. I wouldn't say he's been – he's been – as good as he was uh, during their good stretch, but he's he's been okay. He's protecting the rim, all right. Um, Wiggins has been solid defensively during the stretch. Uh, Teague has been a disaster. Tyus Jones has been a disaster. Uh, Jimmy Butler hasn't really been that good defensively. Taj Gibson has had some communication issues. It seems like Gorgie Jang. I don't know what the hell. It almost looks like he's point shaving sometimes. His <laughs> defense has been so bad. Um, so yeah, it's just like I think this is a team that really needs the All Star break. Where do you fall on the the Tyus Jones Jeff Teague debate? I see that tearing up a lot of uh, oh Timberwolves Twitter. Like, c- could that swap help the defense? So, w- w- where do where do you fall on on, uh, on that? So, 
a lot of time, like Tyus has been very good with the starters. Very good. Um, their better lineup this year, numbers wise, in terms of net rating, is Tyus as the point guard with the starters instead of Jeff Teague. A lot of that got boosted when Jeff Teague was injured uh, during a month where Carl Anthony Towns played the greatest defense of his career by far. And, and, and they were blowing out teams and they were just destroying everybody. And, uh, and so I don't know that that was necessarily because Tyus Jones was their point guard, right? I think it was, I think he played well, but I also think it was a little bit of like cat went to another level. We didn't really know he had and everyone benefited, benefited from that. I think Teague is the better option to start games. I think the changeup that they have in the middle of game where Teague comes out and Tyus comes in is a great switch to have, uh, in the middle of the game. If you flip that, I don't think it's a good. I don't think it works. Mm-hmm. I don't think it works to bring Teague off the bench and have that that switch kind of flip there. Um, and you don't want Teague. You don't want Teague with Crawford probably. This no, is- <laughs> not at all. I mean, my God, you might as well just put a red carpet down to the paint. Like no one's kind of like it's gonna. It's bad enough as it is. Um, I think maybe the adjustment to make is because they have so many problems in the second half of games. Is maybe the adjustment to make is bring Tyus in earlier in the third quarter for longer yeah, and kind of help him bridge to that, the fourth quarter time when they, when they have some problems uh, or maybe switch up the minutes there to where Teague is playing more uh, with the second unit in the, in the second half and Tyus is more with the starters. I think that's the solution, but not just this flat out switch their roles. Tyus is a starting point guard. Jeff Teague can't play. And you don't think the solution is Derek Rose. Oh man. I mean, I'm all for figuring out time travel. I think it's a great <laughs> idea. Uh, I was devastated by the news that Ty Lawson wanted to come back into the NBA and Washington was, is Washington's considered him because, and Brandon Jennings also just got claimed by the the Wisconsin herd. I'll take that too. I'll take anybody on the herd over Derek Rose right now. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Cause the, cause so what I heard was, um, was that Derek was going to get traded or no, if Derek got traded before the deadline, uh, that he was going to be released no matter where he went. And then the wolves were going to look into signing him. And, and the only thing that would really stop that is, uh, is another playoff team promising like a significant role. Because I think this, I think I can trust this. Like people close to the wolves have said, Rose is going to come in ironically as, as an insurance policy. (laughs) <laughs> like okay. for for injuries, which okay. is amazing. Um, he's going to be more in that Aaron Brooks role where like Teague and Tyus still play the point guard minutes. Maybe Derek will play a little bit with Tyus, but Derek's not going to come in and just take Tyus's minutes. I 90% believe that would be the case. Uh, I don't know, though, that I can fully trust Tom Thibodeau's love for Derek Rose not taking over at some point. Yeah, that's uh, that's tough. And also, I, I always forget Aaron Brooks is in the league. When I'm when I'm watching Timberwolves games, I'm always like, anytime, who I'm like, who is yeah, that little guy? I'm like, oh, anytime he checks in the game, I'm like, oh right, he's on the team. Forgot yeah, right. So so what recourse as NBA fans? Like, what recourse do Timberwolves fans have once like a uh, signing such as Derrick Rose gets announced? Anything they can do? Any way to express displeasure? Uh, definitely don't tweet me. <laughs> uh, know that I don't like the signing either, and I have no power, so I can't. <laughs> I can't sway anything here. So, uh, and tweeting the Timberwolves, don't take it out on uh, Shabazz Khan, who is a right. phenomenal, phenomenal uh, social media 
person uh, for NBA teams. He just left the Kings for the for the Timberwolves. And don't bother him with this. That's the I don't f- know. Bring, <laughs> bring signs to games. Boo him whenever he checks in. Boo yeah. him whenever they show him on the jump. I don't know, but like we can't do it on Twitter. This isn't a. This isn't a let's fix the government type of thing. I, I, and I know which we can do on Twitter. I, I actually right. <laughs> have got, I've gotten too close to like, like with the Grizzlies cause I'm a Grizzlies fan and I'm yeah. angry right now. Like I've, I've, I've been in a very big state of anger. Yeah, for, you should be. And, uh, but like I have trouble even just firing off like my normal sardonic joke tweets at, like I used to at the team all the time, but now that I know yeah. like Amara's reading them and, and other people are, are just yelling yeah, angry things Amara's all the time the where I'm like, I don't, I like, I guess I'll hashtag this grizzly, you know, like I don't, <laughs> but then I want to like, I want to express my anger somewhere. I don't know who to at. Oh, uh, well, like John Hollinger's the only guy on Twitter who was a, yeah, the he's front got office. like, he, he and I are friendly. He wouldn't sign Ricky Davis when I told him to sign Ricky Davis to add to the <laughs> Grizzlies years ago. And he would tease me that he wasn't going to sign Ricky Davis. So yeah, at John Hollinger, just complain to him. I'll, uh, that, that sounds like a good idea. Uh, so the Grizzlies are in the midst of a incredible tankathon. The tank race in the NBA is a virus that's overwhelming the entire league. It looks like 10 teams are going to tank. Like right now, uh, eight teams Uh. are locked, deadlocked, and then you have the Knicks going to jump in, uh, and maybe the Hornets should. Can 10 teams tank? What's going to happen with all these teams not wanting to win? Yeah, I think think 10 teams should tank. Uh, This isn't like like tank tankathons of the past, which shout out to tankathon.com. who does the best job of tracking all this stuff. So good. Um, it's not like the tank of the past where it was like, Oh, there's like two or three guys you really want in this draft. There are seven legit guys you want at the top of this draft. And then it really kind of falls off a cliff. Now things can happen. There may be a secret Giannis in there somewhere or another Donovan Mitchell, right? Like some guys will pop up throughout the, the rest of the first round. But for the most part, there is a clear hierarchy of top seven and then a big jump after that uh, or a big fall after that, I should say. So you should tank to try to get in that top seven. If you don't and you finish eighth, ninth, tenth, whatever, that is that is detrimental to your franchise. So, yeah, as many teams tank as possible. Like I know the Knicks fans are hardcore about it. And I, I was pointing out to him like you're already five games up in the win column. Yeah, like there's only 25 tough. games. Like there's eight teams that have five fewer wins than you right now. It's going to be crazy. And there's on, no way there's no way Phoenix wins five more games this year. Right. Oh yeah. And I'm also pointing out like like the Knicks. Like I'm sorry, but your Gunners, Mike Beasley and Tim Hardaway Jr. They're going to win you some games. Yeah. Other, they're going to screw up and win some games. Yeah. Other teams don't even have Gunners. Where it's right. like there is no Sacramento King that can go off and and, and they win. You know, right. like, I mean, the, the only thing is that Brooklyn's obviously not tanking because they don't have their pick, but they're not good enough to win these games, right? Like they're fun. Right. They're actually a fun team to watch. Um, <laughs> I like how the, everyone everyone has agreed to say the Brooklyn Nets are fun to watch. Spencer Dinwiddie, yeah, like Spencer Dinwiddie's cool. You know, he's shooting forty. Angela Russell, he's shooting forty percent from the year. Spencer, Spencer yeah, Dinwiddie, so clutch. The, 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 the Nets, what have they lost? Two of the last twenty. They won two of the last twenty-one or twenty-two. Yeah, they're real bad, but they're fun, know. and you get to watch whatever. Like Jaleel Okafor just stands in the paint, and they don't even call three seconds on him anymore because they know it doesn't matter. <laughs> He's not going to stop anybody, even if they go in there. I did like, see that some clip. Stuff happening. There's a clip from I think Tuesday night or maybe Monday yeah. night where he stands in the lane for 14 seconds, not guarding anyone, yeah. and they don't call defensive of three on him, and, and still gives up the layup and the foul. <laughs> it's pretty good. All right. Part of your brand, Zach, is part of your online brand is you talk about movies a lot. 
you like you like all movies. You like bad movies. Like when I saw the uh, Hurricane Heist commercial, the first person I thought of was person I don't know, Zach Harper. I was like yeah. that, that that internet guy. He'll be amused by this. I actually wasn't going to talk about movies with you because I thought it was just every everyone does it. However, I was listening to your Snark Hoops podcast on Monday. Mm-hmm. I found it really funny and and it made me think of a couple. It made me think of a couple things. So uh, I've created a game for you. Oh, okay. And uh, when we play games on our show, it's called A Game of Scones. <laughs> so right. your, your Game of Scones, it's going to be a movie title mashup game. So I'm going to read you the combined plot description of two movies. Okay. One of them will always be a famous basketball movie. Okay. I'm not even going to give you an example because I think right. you are made for this. And it's you a lot will, of pressure. And you will do great. Okay. There's so a lot the, of pressure. The first, the first couple, these are just movie titles mashed together. Here's your, here's your plot description. A recently paroled golden retriever wants to get back to his basketball playing life, but ends up aboard a prisoner transport flight where things go horribly awry. I mean, that's got to be Con Air Bud. Con Air Bud. Exactly right, Zach. I knew you would nail it. No examples needed. You're going to ace this. All right. Here's your next one. After being stuck in a state of hypnotherapy, a regular guy stuck in a nine-to-five corporate job falls down a golf hole and must play basketball against the evil Monstars. I mean, that's got to be Office Space Jam. Exactly. All right. Now, we're moving to the slightly harder. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't I've know if I do harder. I've now <laughs> changed. Each of these titles will have a word changed in the title. Okay. So they're, so they're not straight mashups. They're not uh, just alighted together. A okay. word is going to be changed in the title. Two horror icons battle to the death when a fan who won a contest to coach the struggling Knicks faces off against a hockey mask wearing psychopath. Oh, uh, Eddie versus Jason. Exactly. Yes. Well done. Your next one. In a terrifying post-apocalyptic apocalyptic wasteland where petrol and water fuel everything... A basketball coach builds his team based on talent, not race, breaking down social barriers. Oh, man. This is a little harder. I think this one's kind of hard. So it's got to be a Mad Max thing. Yes. Mad. Read that for me one more time, the second part. A basketball coach builds his team based on talent, not race, breaking down social barriers. Oh. um, It's about Texas Western. Yeah. Um. Oh, oh, Mad Max Glory Road. Mad Max Glory Road. Okay, I did that one I cheated a little bit with you. Exactly. Exa- uh, yeah. Exactly right. Okay. This one's kind of tough, too. An interracial couple surprises their parents by bringing home a plucky small-town basketball team who wins the big <laughs> game against all odds. Um, oh, man. The interracial couple things throw me off. This movie was remade. Oh, 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 oh. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, is it, this has got to be a Get Out thing, right? No, it's not Get Out. So it's, oh. uh, it's an old Sidney Poitier film where uh, his oh. art brings him home. Uh, this might be too hard. The movie uh, is Guess Who's uh, Coming to Dinner. This is Guess Hoosiers Coming guess to Hoosiers. Dinner. Oh, man. That, that was, was pretty, all right, all right. That was a good one. That's a good one, though. <laughs> all right. I think you're going to get this one. An adventurous Pacific Island teenage girl okay. gets banned from the WNBA but disguises herself as a man to make it in the NBA. I mean, that's got to be Moana, man. Moana, man. 
All right. That was good. That's the one when I was listening to your episode. Uh, you guys talked about Moana and then Juana Man right after. I'm like, oh, that's... Yeah. Ah, ah, that's it, funny. real mad at me because I fell asleep during uh, Moana once. Yeah. I haven't... I, I, my kid and my wife watched it and I, I missed it. It seemed good. Yeah. I'll, I'll watch yeah, it at she, some point. Yeah, she was like, oh, you've got to watch it. Because a lot of people get mad that I've never seen Lion King. Oh, n- n- nothing wrong there. That's, yeah, all about, that's all about an age thing, I feel like. I yeah. was of the I was of the right age. I just never watched it. Yeah, I don't know why I never watched it. And then I had it on a DV, I had it on my DVR for like a year and a half and just never pushed. That's play. like a uh, uh, Sandlot. Like Sandlot came out when I was like thirteen or fourteen. Yeah, and I missed it that year. And then it wasn't around. Like you had to get like a That's... V. You had to get a VHS tape to watch something. I'm not going to go right. rent Sandlot when I was fourteen. <laughs> you know. So then I missed it. And I, like I'm never going to catch up and watch that as an adult. So right. anyway, all right. This is the last one. This one is a three-way mashup. It's going to get kind of weird. Uh, so this, this one could be tough. This is three movies mashed together. After the suspicious death of his brother, a mobster returns home and goes on a revenge spree that causes him to mysteriously awake on the surface of Mars where he becomes embroiled in an epic conflict before once again heading to his old high school where he becomes basketball coach and whips the team into shape through hard work and discipline. Oh my god! So I don't know if you can if you can suss out what the basketball movie is. That might help you. Um, the basketball movie is Coach Carter. Yes. Mars. This was a Disney movie that starred Tim Riggins. <laughs> whatever <laughs> okay. his whatever his real name is. Yeah. Uh, man, I'm, I'm stumped on this one. Yeah, this one's pretty hard. All right. This is a, co- this is a combination. The answer is get coach John Carter. Oh, so man. we have get Carter, the Michael, Michael Caine classic that was remade yeah. and then John Carter. So get coach John Carter. That oh, one was tough. That's a good one, that's that's a good one though. I, uh, I appreciate you. You'd be willing to play on the spot. Oh, of course. Uh, well, Zach, thanks so much for, uh, taking time to join yeah, me. Thanks for having me. Uh, I encourage everyone listen to the Talk Hoops podcast. You got anything else you're looking forward to? Any, any final All Star uh, game plans? Uh, um, you sneaking out of the court or anything? Can I'm you even get the to... game? Uh, you, you're media for this, right? They close it to the public or something? Uh, a media. There's. Uh, we're gonna organize our own media game because uh, oh, nice. None of us. None of us got into. It. They keep because ESPN does the celebrity game. They keep snubbing the starters from NBA TV. <laughs> from being in it but yeah, like yeah. really we need to at least get skeets lee and trey in there i'm sure Tass wants to play too but we we need to get the starters into one of these celebrity games sometime i don't know i've seen Tass try the half court shot at vegas summer league i'm not sure he wants to be on there he probably doesn't lee definitely wants to play lee, trey wants loves, to, lee wa- really good. how has lee not been invited to a a d league g league team just for like a one night event i know it's crazy lang whitaker wants to got once got to be an assistant coach for a game we could get let's get the Memphis Hustle. I think I could get that to happen. We can get get I Lang bet. to make a call. Get Lang to make a call. Get John Hollinger. Start tweeting John Hollinger. Get, e, this is our goal: either get Lee Ellis in a G League game or Ricky Davis back in an NBA game. That's good. I'm going to save all my uh, capital with John Hollinger of just tweeting mean things at him. That's uh, the move. <laughs> all right, Zach. Thanks so much, uh, and look forward to talking with you again soon. Absolutely, anytime. Thank you. All right, thanks to Zach. You can follow him on Twitter at TalkHoops. If you want to follow me on Twitter, uh, Fast Break Break. If you aren't on Twitter, hey, maybe sign up for Twitter. Follow at Fast Break Break. I got to tell you, NBA Twitter is really, really fun. 
you want to support our program, get more of our content, you can do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. We put up exclusive bonus content there. Videos, power rankings. John has been writing some funny articles. So if you want to get involved, help us out. Do that at patreon.com slash fastbreakbreakfast. Remember to download the draft app at draft.com slash fastbreak. Use that code fastbreak. Thanks to fantrax.com for hosting our fantasy leagues. All right, you guys are the best. Thanks for listening. And remember, breakfast is the most important thing. Yeah, no apologize for being GNG. Fast break, break, man. You understand?